Thanks, buddy. <coughs> this is one of my, uh, I think, uh, heroes in the faith, modern day. His name is Pastor Wang Ming Dao. Is China's most noted Christian prisoner, who after 23 years in prison, without a Bible, a hymn book, said of Chinese Christians, we have nothing, no pastors, no churches, no Bibles, nothing. We have only God. Therefore, we go to him in desperation. Is that not worship? Is that not worship? Is that not what God has created to bring us into desperation for him. That's why we're able to sing the way we do. I want the Lord. I want him. People want him in this place. The Christian church wants Jesus. They don't want programs. They want Christ. The reality of him. John Piper said, sometimes spiritual sleepers need to be shocked. Oh, does Jesus ever do a good job of that? If you want them to hear what you have to say, you might even need to scandalize them. Jesus is especially good at this. Please don't be offended with this word. When he wants to teach us something about worship, he uses a whore. I was really, should I say that, Lord? But it's the truth. Go call your husband, he says to the Samaritan woman. I don't have a husband, she answers. That's right, Jesus says. But you've had five. And the man you sleep with now is not your husband. She is shocked. We're shocked. But Jesus simply sits there on the edge of the well with his hands folded looking at the woman with razors in his eyes, ready to teach us about worship. The first thing we learn is that worship has to do with real life. It's not a mythical interlude in a week of reality. Worship has to do with adultery, hunger, racial conflict. (coughs) Jesus is bone-weary from the journey. He's hot and thirsty. He decides, yes, even now, just now, I will seek someone to worship the Father a Samaritan adulteress, a whore. I will show my disciples how my father seeks worship in the midst of real life from the least likely. She is a Samaritan, she is a woman, and she's a whore. And God wants worship from this lady. We are, when I hear you hear that word, I got, I didn't know if I should say it. And then I could hear God say, why not? It's reality. I'm looking for these people. You see, God's seeking people to really worship him. Just come up, preach. No. Listen to me, Miles. When you listen to me, you can worship me. Not because he needs it either. The Lord doesn't need anybody. He doesn't even need me to preach. 
I can bring a mule up here, a donkey. All he has to do is speak through the donkey. But we need to worship. You listen to me on this one. Even if you're at a house, in the house, working in the house, working in factory, as a minister, you need to worship. God has so put it in your heart that if you don't worship, you will be so screwed up it's not funny. You'll be running around like a chicken with your head cut off. How many people could say amen? I have done this. Even as a pastor. Because I have not worshipped him. And I have been so convicted by this message. I don't worship the way I should. And the way who he is. And what he has done for me. That is not to put guilt on you. It's to waken you up to who he is. Jesus is to be worshipped, not because he needs it. He's worthy. He doesn't have to put up with any of us. doesn't have to be patient with us. And yet he does. All of us in this room, am I off? I can even say this, all of us are prostitutes. All of us squander our time to other things and not him. I'm guilty as charged. Worship is a sacred thing, a holy thing, a privilege where the lost don't even know what they're here for. All of us in this room are not here to serve the Lord first. We're here to worship him first. That's why Jesus came to the devil. He says, worship the Lord your God and serve him. He put worship first. Because that's what we're here for. A person who does not worship has no eternity in their service. None. You can sing all you want. When you don't worship alone, and I'm guilty of it, there is no, there's just turmoil in your soul. Worship calms it down. Reality steps in, which is really true. I I try to put this as small and short as I could, but I knew I was dealing with something very sacred. And I was so convicted, I don't do it because he's my friend. But he's the Lord. He's God. I don't think we get it. That this God came and died for me. Intercedes for me. Defends me when I make mistakes against the Holy Father. Am I off on this one? He doesn't have to do that. And you know, another thing too is, 
My first point is this. Worship is not in a certain place. You don't have to go to a mountain. You don't have to go to Jerusalem where they built the temple. And I want to go to Israel. Don't get me wrong. But I realize that if I go to Israel, God's here as he is in Israel. God doesn't do it in buildings and temples anymore. It all changed when Jesus died on a cross. And one of the most powerful statements that Christ ever made when they accused him and he says, you destroy this body, I'll raise it up in three days. They thought the temple, he was talking about his body. He raised it up, we're his body now. Now the temple is when we all gather together, we all worship him now. This is everywhere in the world where believers gather, we worship him. We're the living stones now. It's a great thing, man. That I got welcomed in to be a stone, a living stone. You too. So all of us together, we worship him as the temple, and Christ lives in it. If you're part of it, it's a wonderful thing. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Here. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is Jerusalem. Jesus declared, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. So you can worship anywhere you want, at any time. Listen to this guy, Judson Cornwall. He says, this is why the issue of where we should worship can never be germane. True worship is not dependent on buildings or any external stimuli. It's not dependent on word, on singing. If you, need, if you need to sing with instruments or with a worship leader, you don't know what worship is. I'm not joking. If you need external stimuli, you do not know what worship is. Worship does not need that. Worship only needs your heart. I'm not saying we don't do it. But for God is worshipped in man's heart and in God's heaven. This can occur when that person is in the world's most beautiful cathedral or when he's milking the cows in a barn. Worship can take place with the aid of a beautiful music or when surrounded by insistent noise or everyday commerce. It requires neither privacy nor the public performance of God's appointed leaders in the church. You hear that? Hey, doesn't, you don't need me. You don't need anybody. A thousand things may assist the believer in his worship of God, but fundamentally that worship is an inner reaching out and up to God. So where it takes place on the face of the earth is totally irrelevant. For it must reach God in heaven before it can become a full worship expert. Anyway, and that is where true worshipers worship. Real. Real worship is not something we do from the outside in. But it is God dwelling in us and lifting us up into his presence. That's why I cannot in this place force you to do this. This is from the Holy Spirit. Did you notice when we started saying to God be the glory, your voice is lifted. Why? Because the Holy Spirit started raising yourself up. 
lifting you. He's the one who glorifies Jesus. That's why it's a river. The Spirit of God is like a river, and He's flowing. And many, many times I've missed to get into the river, and I'm just doing my own thing in the church. But the minute that the river's flowing and you step into the river, you worship him. And this is what happens in a whole church. Whenever, when the leader's doing it right, you step into the river with him. And we all worship together. It's the Spirit of God that does this. If you try and do this on your own with any kind of external stimuli, it doesn't work. Even when I do my devotions, now he's convicting me about my devotions. You know what he's saying? Too much external stimuli. You're trying, to, trying too hard, Miles. Just stay there and let me do it for you. I, I got this guy, Henry Scourge, Scourgel. He's a 17th century Aberdeen from Scotland, this guy. And this is what I believe. You sit back, it's like taking a ride on a, on a ride on Wonderland. You fasten your seatbelts. And when the Holy Spirit lifts you up, worship is not something we do to please God. Hear me. We've already pleased God in Jesus. You can't add to that. But rather in worship, the Spirit draws us and lifts us up into the very life of the triune God. This is what happens when you really get into worship of the whole church. Oh, I don't want to say that. Just know that this is where I'm going with my life. Before I leave planet Earth, I want to be worshiping God from my heart. I don't need music. Just my heart, me and him. Even now I can feel God just dropping and speaking. I want this from your life. I'm seeking worshipers. He's looking for this in your heart. He saved you so that you could worship him. Not so he needs it. You've been made to do this. All of us in this room, the minute we worship, we feel complete. Who's with me? a wonderful feeling. You don't worship, you know you're not complete. You can, fit, you can smile all you want and laugh all you want. Something's going on inside if you're not worshiping the Lord. This is what he made us for. This is the reason why you're saved. This is it. Real worship is the life of God in the soul of a man where they meet. Are you hearing me? Real worship is when the Spirit of God comes and lives within you and touches your soul and you meet. The Holy of Holies has been switched from a temple into your soul if you're a Christian. Hear me what I'm saying. That's very sacred. The Holy of Holies has been switched from the temple into your soul. So that when you turn to Jesus, only the high priest could go. Now we all go. 
right into the very presence of the throne room of God in our soul. And then it's in heaven too. If you remain in me, and I in you, in him is when we are in heaven. I in you is the holy of holies. You'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Are you following? Let me go through it again one more time. If you remain in me, so if you're in Christ, you're in heaven in the holy of holies. But if he's in you, the holy of holies is in you too. And apart from me, you could do nothing. This is where real service comes from when you connect with that. There's no other service. All is vanity. When you touch him in your soul. God wants, God saved you, me, and everyone in this room for one purpose. So you can enjoy him. Not so you can go through religious forms. Me too. Many people go through their religious rules and rites. This is not what God saved us for. He saved us so we could have communion with him in our soul. This is the most beautiful privilege you could ever have from Jesus. And we waste it. Run after idols. Am I off? Here, listen to this now. Check this out. Jesus. This is probably, this is the best way of looking at worship the way he did it. Right here. This one. This is what really happens when you get saved. This is beautiful. If if you're saved. But he who unites himself with the Lord is what? One with him in spirit. This is beautiful. I I get freaked out. That the holy God is inside of me, joined to my spirit, and that's what connects. That's where we get worship. You don't do anything. You don't get even say anything. Do you know something? A.W. Tozer, do you know this? This is a, He's dead, so he's gone. There are men in church history. I'll bet you the apostles did this. There are other guys that do it too. David Walkerson. Leonard Ravenhill. There are other people who do it. A.W. Tozer. Do you know something? He did the same thing as me. I didn't know this. He didn't know how to read. He had to use the dictionary with the Bible. I did the same thing. <coughs> same thing. But do you know something? Men that come out of the gutter, it's almost like God takes a hold of them and they're so in love with Jesus, you just cannot get away from Jesus. This guy, five hours on his belly, Leonard Ravenhill said this, because they were buddies. Five hours before he did anything, from 9 o'clock till I think 1 o'clock, he stayed on his belly, didn't open his mouth, and he worshipped the Lord. That's worship. I'm not saying I'm there, and I'm not saying you're there, but God wants us no words, just our heart to heart. And when we can do that, then you've got his presence. Why is Tozer's books going on and on? Why is David Brainard's books at the age of 29 going on and on? 
And he's, he's, it's 200 years ago. Why? And some books don't go on. Why? There's a touch of eternity. There's a touch of the Holy Spirit. These men touch God. These men touch God. I want to touch God, church. I want the whole church to come with me and touch God. I don't know what that means. We're in a whole different thing here. I don't want to just go through the rigmarole. I want to touch the Lord. I want eternity to come down and to touch people. I don't want to run around doing service and doing nothing. I want worship first and then I want to touch God. And then they touch God. Are you with me? I'm not there yet. I'm not there. This is what I want from the Lord. This is what I want. You pray for me, I'll pray for you. I'm not there. I'm not there. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. It's interesting, eh? Worship is knowing God. If you don't know God, you can't worship God. If you know God a little bit, you can worship God a little bit. If you know God a little more, you can worship God a little more. But it has to do with knowing God. So how do you get to know God? Truthfully, I wonder if Jesus walked around this place, I wonder how many would actually would actually look at it and say, you know me. You know me. Wouldn't that be heavy, eh? The Lord saying, you know me. You don't want to hear say, who are you? See, knowing is eternal life. Knowing Jesus Christ. Isn't it beautiful, eh? So simple, eh? But you have to connect into this. How do you know him? Right here. Right here. The word of God. That's the only way you can know. Grow in knowledge of our God. He shows himself. Beautiful. You know, you freaked me out, David. You freaked me out. David, I'm looking at you, man. He's at the, he's at the men's meeting, eh? He doesn't know I'm going to say this, eh? Don't get a big head. You're just a little guy. But, and so am I, okay? But listen to this. And I know Greg got freaked out, and so did Steve. I, got, I don't know, maybe I didn't. I, I just got freaked out. I better not speak for you guys. This guy, I told him, do Psalm 1. Memorize it. So I come walking into the men's group, and he goes, blessed is he, blah, 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 and he gets it all. Boom, 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 boom. And I'm looking at him, and he's, that guy's got a smile on him from ear to ear. Ear to ear. And I can't keep him from ta- stop talking. The Bible about the Lord. And Greg goes, Man, I wish I had what he had. That joy. I go, Yes, I want that joy too. How many of us lost the joy when we first met Jesus? 
The first love. You hear me calling? The first love. When you ran into Jesus. And you felt, I just said, oh God, I can't believe it's true. You've forgiven all my sins. And you want to commune with me, Lord? You remember that, eh, old? Remember? Down the stairs? And you met Jesus? There was nothing like it, eh? Everybody go back and think how many times he protected you, Joel. Why are we out of love with him? Out of step? Why don't we have what he has? Why is it lost? Good questions, eh? Why is it just, he's like a, oh, God help me. Me, not you, not you, me. I was in love with the Lord. I still am. But not like that. Don't lose it. Read the Bible and memorize it. Everybody in this room, do not make excuses to know him. It's through here. Not through experiential. It's through here. Hard work. But when you get to know him, you can worship him. That's where you're heading, dear brother, to worship him. It's funny, you know. This is what's weird about this. I want to go back. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. Can we worship what we don't know? Jesus said they did. They did worship something they didn't know. Am I correct? I'm going to tell you something. I believe this with all my heart. Listen to this. We, people can worship what they do not know. Why? By worshiping idols. What do I mean by that? Idols are lifeless and you can't know them. But do you know how deadly they are that you don't even know you're worshiping them? Sink it in. I'm going to go through a few things here. Because what really has to happen is God has to say to us, give me the power or the grace to move away what consumes my mind, and it's not Jesus. I want everyone to be honest here. I had to be honest with God before I got up here. You know what consumes my mind? Ministry. Not worship. I get up, I'm concerned about this person or that person, this one. It comes on my heart. And I found out that is an idol because it's God's church. But it's really difficult to try and, you know, separate it with care and idol. Are you with me? So I'm working through this stuff with me and the Lord. And he's, this is what he said I'm doing this sermon. He's saying, you know how you deal with it? Worship me first. Just lift up your heart. Worship me. He said, 
everyone who has an idol, if they worship me, I'll drop it. It will fall off. Here's the idols. The idol of leisure. The idol of pleasure. The idol of money. When I hit the idol of money, I'm not joking, man. This is not, I know the Lord spoke to me this morning. Tasha came to my brain. And you did too. I'm saying this because I think the Lord wants me to say this. Not in my notes. I'm just going to say it. He's been with me. And this woman has become David's mighty man. This is what came to me for Steve and Tash. I have a house. You have a house. You have a house. You have a house. You have a house. You, you, you don't have. My heart started to go to you. And I started to think, how much you serve me? Serve with me. No jealousy. No rival. And then God said to me, this is a guy you can rely on. He's not looking for anything else but to build a church. Him and his wife. And this is the verse he gave me for you, brother. You share it with Tasha. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. You have a gift, brother. More than houses. More than anything. God gave you something, Mebby, that we prayed for a long time ago. My father told me. And he wasn't saved, but he wasn't stupid. And if I can count three people on my hand when I die, As friends, you're a blessed man. I got one. I got two. I got three. But they don't come easy. To know someone like a friend is really special. I can trust them. And they can trust me. That's what God's looking for. That when you know him, you can trust them. And when you can trust them, you become his friend. And that's what he's looking for from the church. 
Trust me. And you'll know me. And then you'll seek me and find me. Worship is all about Jesus, to know him. It's funny, the Apostle Paul, at the end of his life, he's an old man, he's a prisoner in Philippians. He says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. That man knew how to worship. Because he's at the end of his life and all he wants is, I want to know him. I want to know the power of God. At the end of his life. That's what I want. I don't want to get sidetracked with all the stuff of this world. I want Jesus. You want Jesus. That's what worship is when we want Jesus more than we want anything else. And I can't look in your heart and you can't look in mine, but God sees. And he sees if you're seeking him and if you are, he is so filled with joy. You can make God happy. Do you believe that? Imagine we could make God happy. I want to try it. So I've grieved God so many times in the Christian life. And he's forgiven me. But I want to be his friend. I want to make him happy. You with me? By trusting him. By knowing him. He won't let us down. We get so frantic when everything is not going our way. And God says, don't you trust me? Hasn't he proven himself personally to you and on a cross? And lastly, 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 a time is coming and has now come right now. It's come. When the true worshipers, true, it's funny, if he said, when he, if he would have said worshipers, okay, but when he says true, then there's faults. If there's true, when he put it like that, then he's saying there's faults. Will worship me, worship the Father in spirit and in truth for the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Imagine God seeking this out. He's looking for you and you and you and everybody in this room seeking people who really worship him in spirit and in truth. What does it mean in spirit? What does that mean? You know what I really believe it means with all my heart? It's when you flesh gives birth to flesh and the spirit gives birth to the spirit. 
That you're, holy, you're, you're alive, but he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. So your spirit is alive. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. He didn't say have to, oh, no, okay, if you feel like it. He said what? Must. Must. So you must be born again in order to worship like this. That's what I believe he's saying in spirit. But truth is so messed up in this verse. Oh, you just have to read the Bible and you'll be in it. It's not that at all. You know what this is? I really believe Jesus is saying, must worship in spirit and in truth. And I believe he's saying, if you're in me, in Christ. And so when you and I are in Christ... We're not trying to be good or trying to be holy. We already are. We're in him. And I believe when we rest like that, you and I, and we believe we're born again, and we're in Christ, and we don't have to do anything, nothing, absolutely nothing, and you learn to rest in God, you worship him. Too many of us are trying, and God is saying, stop trying. I did it. The time has come. The Holy Spirit has made you born again. Now rest in me. Everything is completed. Worship me. There's no doing now. Just worship. Isn't that beautiful? You don't do anything now. Hey, and Tozer's right about that. He's really right about this. When a person who really worships in spirit and truth does it, I'm talking not at church on Sunday, but throughout the whole day, you know what happens? You have a touch of eternity when you touch other people. Amen. People get saved when you live like that. I want to live like that. Sometimes I do. It's an adventure. Remember Grantley? It's just like splurts for me. It's not a flow. Not like you, man. You were just joyful, man. I I wanted to take some of that. I really did. I was, I shouldn't use this word, but I'm going to use it, okay? Ready? I was envious. I was, I don't know, is there such a thing as a godly envy? Is there? Oh, that bothered me, man. This guy's got joy. And you know what I think God is leading him to do? To worship him in spirit and in truth. And when he enters into that, what will happen? He's going to touch people with eternity. Even when you do worship, if you're doing it by yourself in your room and everything, nobody knows, only God and you, right? But people see it. You know people who worship God. You can tell. Your your boss, that DS, he does. He does. I know. I can tell. <laughs> Just by his words. I walk, I'll leave his office. Three days ago, I left his office. He said a few words, eh? And it like, was like a bomb. Boom! In my heart. That's what it felt like. He, he said this joyful confidence. And I couldn't shake it. But that's what we have in Jesus. Joyful confidence. Amen? That's why God says... You don't come old bag down, man. You're more than conquerors it's through him who loved us. Amen? I want you to, I'm going to challenge everybody in this room. Can I? This is how I stop it, okay? 
Can I stop? Okay. That's it. Let's see what I got. Okay, I didn't bore you. Good. Okay, here we go. See this? I'll give you... Greg, he gave it to the men's group. Uh, who am I in Christ? Who am I in Christ? I want for one week, take this thing and pray through it every day. But, not just this little thing, I want you to read every day Ephesians chapter 1, 2, and 3, because in it, it's what you are in Christ. I want you to go through it, and then next Sunday, we're going to have a big, big crescendo of worship. <laughs> okay? I'm going to believe this. A crescendo. You're not going to think about, poor me, poor me. Oh, I don't have this. I better be careful too because there are some people that are suffering, so I apologize. But, but, but it's like you've got to get out of yourself and see what Jesus has given us. Christ did it all for us. Amen? And when you get it, when you really get it, you'll worship him like you've never worshipped him. So here, I'm not, I can't hand them all out. Okay? You got my challenge? Take this. Or should I hand them out? Should I go and give them to you? No. Oh, you go ahead and hand them out. Okay, okay. Okay, so here we are. You come and get it. You, you'll do your communion. Come and get one of these. And do the communion. And go back to your seat and we'll all do it together. Okay? Ephesians chapter 1, 2, and 3. All this week, every day. Read it. And then come back. Hey, even phone me if you want. Oh, no. oh, okay. I don't care. If you want to phone me, just tell me what you learned. Tell me what you learned. In Christ is Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. In Christ. You have so much, church. Nobody dares put a guilt trip on the church. Nobody. Church is free. Amen? So you come up and come up here, take your bread and the wine and worship the Lord in your heart. That's all. Don't ask for anything. Worship Him. What He did for you. Take your time, but come up and worship Christ. Take it. He did it for us. And then we'll do it all together. Get your cup, go back. Thank you. Thank you, Lord.